alcoholic mother. The father figures in my life always took care of me, but in a sense of all my basic needs being met, but spiritually it was very toxic. Um, premarital sex, drinking, drug use, and even adultery was permitted and even encouraged along with other things I won't get into. I didn't realize my mom had a drinking problem until I was about nine years old. She started asking me for money that my grandparents had given me so she could buy groceries, which meant liquor. On top of that, she would sometimes leave me at random places and I would have to call my grandparents to come get me. I could spend uh, the next eight hours talking about uh, my chaotic and abusive childhood, but I'm not going to get into detail about that. But I will say that through it all, my mother made sure my basic needs were met. I grew up Roman Catholic, so I always believed in God. I went to Sunday school, did the whole communion thing when I was a kid, but that was about it. We rarely went to church, but we always prayed before eating our meals. As I got older, I still believed in God, but my belief was that if you are a good person, you will go to heaven. I ended up, I ended up getting into some trouble um, in middle school, so I got sent to Valley Forge Military Academy for high school. It was a great experience, but it wasn't enough to stop me from getting into trouble. I eventually got kicked out my junior year for refusing a drug test and ended up back in my hometown at my public high school where I barely graduated. Throughout the whole time, my mom was still a raging alcoholic. She did have some lengths of sobriety, but would always come back to the liquid poison. Um, in all honesty, I pretty much gave up on my mom. and just figured um, it to be a lost cause. After graduating high school, a lot of my buddies went off to college, but I decided not to go and start working. I was at least smart enough to know if I went to college, I would have been back the next year from partying too much. That's exactly what happened to at least half of my friends. Anyway, during this time, my mom progressively got worse, and I pretty much knew she would never get sober. There was one night I will never forget. I came over to my mom's apartment, and she had been drinking a lot while uh, on a bunch of pills. She kept telling me uh, how no one loved her, and she just wanted to be with my grandmother, who had passed away a couple years ago. I left, but as soon as I got out of the door, this awful feeling came in my stomach. Um, I'm not sure what it was. Um, I decided to go back and look through the window, and I saw her piling a handful of pills in her hand and trying to commit suicide. Uh, I ran back inside, took all of her medication, and went to my grandfather's house to find out what to do. At that point, my family had given up on her, and honestly, I didn't know what to do either. I was doing all right um, with working and partying on the weekends. Um, when I say party, I don't mean a couple beers and hangout party. I mean staying up for days, uh, drinking and doing drugs. I could tell you all the uh, stupid, crazy things I had done while intoxicated, but that would be pointless and not beneficial. I'm sure you get the point. Uh, at this time, I knew my grandfather, who was a doctor, um, had a lot of prescription drugs in his bathroom cabinet. Now let me pause for a minute and say my grandparents are amazing people, um, and I don't know if they're believers. I don't think so. My grandmother passed away, but they helped me a lot in terms of dealing with my mother. They were always they were always there for me when I needed to go to them. Uh, my grand my grandmother's no longer with us, but my grandfather's alive today, and we do have a great relationship. 
With that being said, I decided to try an oxycodone for the first time, which I had found in this, uh, his bathroom. I will never forget the feeling that I got when it hit, uh, when it hit me. All my cares went away, and I just felt like uh, a semi-truck had been lifted off my shoulders. Not knowing, though, that it would bring me to the lowest um, point of my life. I started to dabble with them a little more each week. Around this time, my grandfather woke me up one morning around 5 a.m. and he said, um, it's your mother, she's in the hospital. I told him I would go visit her later because I was so used to her uh, you know, being in and out of hospitals. But he said, no, we have to go now, it's not good. I knew, uh, I knew then and there my mom was, uh, not going to make it. We got to the hospital. The doctor came up uh, to my grandfather and, and and he said to me, are you her son? I replied, yes, I am. He told me my mother had fell into a coma and uh, I had to make a decision on whether to pull the plug or not. Uh, I asked him the chances of her coming back and he said, uh, very slim. Uh, <clears throat> I looked to my grandfather, and he said, I think it's best we pull the plug. Um, she won't be suffering anymore. <clears throat> I remember not even being able to go in the room because uh, I was crying so much. I just kept thinking about how nasty I was to her the past two years because of her drinking. After a couple minutes of thinking, I agreed, and on April 12, 2012, my mother died. Uh, I felt like my whole world just ended because even though she put me through the ringer growing up, she was still my mom. She died from cirrhosis, um, and I loved her with all my heart and still do. <laughs> I remember just falling down next to a wall in the hospital and started to weep. I kept my composure in the car ride home, but when I got home, I cried. You never really know what we have until it's gone. Until this day, Sometimes I think about maybe I gave up too easily. There were uh, brief thoughts in my head about not. About not wanting to live anymore. But I knew my mom was, I knew my mind was playing head games with me. When I got myself composed, I remember something that helped me. I remember something that helped uh, with alleviating stress and making you feel numb. 
uh, my good friend oxycodone was waiting for me in the bathroom cabinet. So I ran down and threw a couple back. I remember very clearly once it hit me, um, it was like nothing had happened. Of course, I was still upset my mom had died, but um, I felt really good and almost just kind of shrugged it off. That's how addictive and destructive opiates and pills are. Um, thank you. Uh, I started using them daily, but I, uh, I realized I didn't want my grandfather to find out, so I started buying them on the street. It was working out well for a while until it got very expensive. My best friend Rob and I would figure out anything to get a couple more pills. We were like Bonnie and Clyde, I guess you can say. I remember one day he started using heroin, and I was like, man, I'll never do that. Well, sure enough, a week or two later, I was. Once I started using heroin, my life spiraled out of control really fast. Um, when money from working wasn't enough, I started to borrow money. And when that wasn't enough, I started to steal. I started stealing from friends and family. Um, it got so bad that no one wanted to even talk to me. By this time, I kept going in and out of jail for brief periods of time. Bottom line, I ended up homeless with nowhere to go, and I had violated probation. My two options were to go to jail for a year or go to South Florida to get clean. Now, uh, when I came to South Florida, it took me a couple times uh, around to get sober. I didn't do it the first time. What happened was I would come down here, kind of get lost in the shuffle, go home, end up using again, come back down, uh, and eventually... Uh, my probation officer was like, hey, um, you know, better tighten up or we're going to put you in jail. So um, let's see. Um, this time around, my last time, I ended up uh, at a Christian-based center in Pompano Beach, Florida, which changed my life forever. They took me in basically off the streets with nothing and helped tremendously. Can I get some water? Some water? Thank you. My second day there, uh, the halfway manager came and said, get ready because we're going to church tonight. I told him no problem, but in the back of my head, that was the last thing I wanted to do because I just thought of sitting in the pew, having to go to confession, and being bored out of my mind. Thanks. Um, also, keep in mind I'm withdrawing off heroin, which basically means I'm having a fever-like uh, symptoms times 100. I'll never forget when I first got to Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. The whole campus has to be eight football fields, and the feeling was just completely different. I asked my buddy what kind of church this was because I thought it was some cult or something. But he was like, it's not a non-denominational church. I had no clue what that meant, but I was wrong with it. Um, when we sat down, they brought out a guest speaker, Nick Vojcich, who has no arms and no legs. He's one of the biggest evangelists in the world. Um, as soon as he started to speak, it's like all my withdrawals went away and I was locked in. He started talking to, um, talk about Jesus in a way I'd never heard before. 
He was telling us that He loves us and forgives us and that He made a way for us to get to heaven by what He did on the cross, John 3.16. This was a lot different from uh, what I was used to. I was under the impression as, as long as you believed in your head that God is real and that you do good things, you're going to heaven. Um, people would ask me all the time, uh, you know, why do you think you're going to heaven? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a good person. God, you know, I'm good with God. God knows me. You know, I'm not a murderer. Um, I've come to realize now that's the furthest from the truth, uh, John 3, 3. At the end of the sermon, he said, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, then as the song plays, you come up here, and this could be the day you do that and have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. While he was saying these things, I could feel something inside of my uh, inside of me saying to go up there, which now I knew was the Holy Spirit knocking on my heart. I got up without hesitation, and on August 20, 2014, I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart, and my life has forever changed. Now, before I go any further, I just want to tell you, giving uh, your life to the Lord is the most amazing um, and important decision uh, of your life, but that doesn't mean it's going to be all peaches and cream. It's easy to love, um, to live for your flesh and to give in all your desires. It's very challenging to strive to be like the Lord, but it's definitely amazing, and I'm humbled to be called one of His children. After the service, all my buddies who were in the program with me were congratulating me and giving me hugs. The car ride home, uh, and when I was laying in bed that night, I knew something had changed inside of me. Uh, the first year of being saved was definitely not a cakewalk. I still had a lot of legal issues. Um, I had to deal with back in New Jersey, and I was still working on a lot of my character defects. I gained employment rather quickly at a company called American Billiards. I started off um, as a helper, and basically what we what we do and did uh, was move and install pool tables all day. I really enjoyed it because it was a trade I've never really knew about it, and I loved the heavy lifting all day. Also, the owners, Nancy and Joey, Nancy's here today, who are husband and wife, helped me out a lot, even until this day. I'm forever grateful for them. Uh, about two or three months, I met the future love of my life, Tara. She had a similar story in regards to having alcoholic parents. Um, you know, her, her father passed away recently, too, not... Um, from smoking of cancer, but uh, he he was a believer, and uh, that's I didn't know until uh, it's a quick funny story if you don't mind me telling. At the funeral, the pastor had gotten up and uh, was talking about Tara's dad, Mike, and um, he was saying that two weeks prior he was very sick, very sick. Um, they were on the phone together, and he accepted uh, Christ as Lord and Savior over the phone with him. So that was very comforting, I know, for me and for Tara, because we still have a lot of family members who aren't saved. Um, okay. Um, she had a very similar story. Tara had gotten uh, saved a couple months after I did, and then a couple months after that, we both got baptized in the ocean, Atlantic and A1A. I remember, after, I remember after getting baptized, I knew my old self had died. 
uh, with Christ and the new version of Max was being born, Romans 6. Tara and I took it slow in the beginning and we eventually moved into an apartment together. For a while we were living together and had our first daughter, Brielle, but we both know we needed to be separate until we got married. The Holy Spirit was really convicting me to marry Tara. Not long after we got married, keep not long after we got married. Keep in mind um, that Tara and I both come from similar backgrounds, so living a new life in Christ was still very new to me. Uh, I think it's very important just to point out that when you're living a certain way your whole entire life, when you give your life to Christ, I mean, every all your character defects are still there. I don't know what it's like to be raised in a, I know a lot of people are raised through the church and, you know, that's that's amazing, but um, for me, it was still, all those things I mentioned prior in my story were still there. So, um, yeah. Um, it's not e- it's not easy living a certain way for uh, a certain way for 22, 22, 22 years, then drastically changing course. Like I was just saying, everybody's walk is different. But anyway, we got married, and not long after we had our second daughter, Kinsley. I decided uh, I, uh, I decided to start my landscaping company. That's uh, how I ended up at Boulevard. Uh, Ron Ward's son, Josh, is my neighbor. And it's funny how that worked out because we were just, we had the, we were uh, renting a house and they were like, oh, you got 30 days to leave. And I was like, oh, I was panicking. And uh, we found a house right down the road and uh, I move in and I met Josh because uh, he used to go to a, um, or we used to go to a, uh, a Bible study at one of these, um, one of this, uh, the brothers at Calvary, his house. And I met Josh there, and I hadn't seen him in forever. I mean, I, I just remembered his face. And when we moved in, I'm like, I don't I know you from that Bible study? <laughs> so that, I thought that was, that's how God works. Um, Ron Ward's son, Josh, is my neighbor, and he put me in contact with Luke. We were talking for a couple months, and he asked me to come to check out his church. Tara had been up in New Jersey visiting the family, so I decided to go check out this church. When I first walked in, when I first walked in, here. Immediately I thought I was back in a Catholic church. I hope this doesn't offend anyone. <laughs> I think because I was so used to Calvary for almost five years, it was just a lot different uh, and much more quiet. So in my head, I went back to when I was younger. But anyway, when I sat down, I remember looking around and seeing that almost all the women had their heads covered. And I was like, what is going on in here? <laughs> I leaned over to Luke. I was like, hey, why are all the women's heads covered? And then he showed me 1 Corinthians 11.15, or 11.5, and I was like, oh, okay. So just rolled with it. Uh, But throughout the whole service, I learned about the Lord's Supper and how the church is ran by the elders. At the end of the service, after talking with everyone, I really fell in love with Boulevard Bible Chapel and the believers that are here. Also, at the end of the service, I had Malcolm come up to me and asked me if I wanted to have um, him disciple me. And that was really amazing because that's what I needed. I was looking for something like that. Uh, I had tried it in the past with someone else who is an amazing brother too. He, he's the one that married us, but I just wasn't committed and he was too far. Um, I knew I had a lot to offer, but I didn't know where to start in the Bible or even how to really read it. Working with Malcolm has helped me tremendously in my walk.
So I thank you, Malcolm. In conclusion, life is different for everyone. I hear a lot of people who struggle with drug addiction say how much they hate having the disease or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Everyone's different. But I'm thankful that I went down that dark path because at the lowest point of my life is when I found Christ. This is one of my favorite verses. It's Mark 2, 16 through 17. Um, it says, But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such uh, scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come to call those, uh, I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Uh, I know I'm a sinner uh, and in need of a Savior. Today I can reflect on my childhood and learn from it. Um, yeah, just like I said, I'm just very thankful I went down, went through all that um, because it gives me a, a really, I appreciate, not saying people who don't go down that road don't appreciate the Lord, but it's it's really, you know, I kind of had to smash my face big time. Um, to really understand, and it's like a daily reprieve for me. And I know Tara feels the same way. Today I can reflect back on my childhood and learn from it. I just want to try my best to love my wife as Christ loved the church and also for my kids to come know the Lord way before I ever did. Um, that's one thing I love about um, Boulevard, is being able to raise Brielle and Kinsley um, here and, and in God's Word with, with um, the saints here. Um, I know now which I missed early in my walk was being persistent in God's word I think that's a big problem today it was a big problem with me was just kind of charismatically going to church and worshiping don't get me wrong I love to worship but it was just kind of like like trying to feel good type of deal um and I didn't really notice that until I until I really came here and started really digging in the Bible. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm very thankful for that. Um, you know, I would go to Calvary, sing worship, go home, go to Calvary, maybe do a devotional. But I I really never even I really never even uh, opened my Bible a lot. I mean, I would a little bit, but not digging in deep. Um, there are, of course, other things, but that was the biggest stumbling block for me. Uh, being obedient is vital in your growth with the Lord, as Mike was saying this morning. Um, I had the answers and the truth right in front of me, but I just didn't take the time to open His Word. Christianity is definitely a growth process, though, and we all go through it differently. The life I have today in Christ is truly beautiful and unexplainable at times. I also wanted to take a second to thank my wife for always being there for me and supporting me in every decision I make. She's always supporting me. She's an amazing mom, and I'm truly grateful for God putting her in my life. I also wanted to thank Malcolm again for always answering my million questions about the Bible. I'm always asking questions every day. Um, that, that, and that's a, another thing too. Like, I think it's healthy to wrestle with the Word of God because I do a lot. I 
see things and I'd question and you know that's what's good to have a brother like Malcolm to help to um, you know answer answer my questions but answer it with scripture you know it's, it's not his opinion he just answers it with scripture um, definitely a shout out to Luke also for being a nice warm round shoulder to cry on when I'm going through it He's like the mother I never had. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I probably owe him a lot of money with landscaping tips. Um, but I just wanted to thank you, Boulevard, for helping Tara and I with the kids uh, and just being an amazing body of believers. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, everything you guys do for us. So we really appreciate it. So I'll close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for for, for personally taking me out from the darkest and bringing me to light, Lord. Um, I pray that you guide us as a church, Lord. I pray that you... I pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit and you keep us protected with the army of angels. I thank you, Father God, for sending your Son down to die on a cross to pay for our sins, Lord. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.